Okay, it's good to see you in worship today. And we'd like to thank all of you for joining us on live stream. That would be by Facebook or YouTube today. And we're recording this on Saturday, January 28th, and you are receiving this on Sunday, January 29th. And we do have so many requests today. We probably have more sickness in our congregation right now than we've had throughout any of the last uh, three years. And so we want to pray for Nikki, who is in Roanoke Memorial Hospital undergoing surgery. We want to pray for Miss D's husband, Jeff, who is recovering from neck surgery and is hopefully going home today. We want to remember our district superintendent, Jeff Lambert, who has been sick with COVID this week. We want to pray for Steve, our lay leader, who has been sick the past couple of weeks. And uh, he coughed so much that he actually burst an eardrum. So we need to pray for Steve that he will recover quickly. We pray for Reba Salyer. She's also got whatever it is that people have going around. And so we pray for her. We, Glenn has requested prayer. Miss Christine, Linda Stanley, and Roger Wilson. Uh, Pastor Regina said to tell you she's just staying home today uh, out of safety because of her liver transplant. Um, we pray for Pastor Michelle. Her cat, Squeaky, is sick, and she has to make an emergency vet visit today. Um, we're going to pray for Landon. He's been extremely sick all week. He's feeling better, as I just talked to him, but he's still not able to taste or smell anything at all and has been really sick. And so we appreciate David for filling in for us today and also for a funeral service yesterday that was held here. We also want to remember um, the Ukraine and our Shades of Grace International in Nigeria, and we'll be hearing more about that in the coming weeks. Uzoma just has returned from a visit to uh, Shades of Grace International. We want to remember today to pray for the family of Tyree Nichols and all of the uh, tragic circumstances that surround that and pray for our entire country. Some of our own members here at Shades of Grace, they're not here at the moment, uh, are facing eviction. They received a letter this week. They have a 30-day notice and they're not being evicted for lack of payment. They're being evicted because the landlord owns the house and he's put it on the market for sale. And so I will not mention their names today, but uh, this is a concern. So please pray about that. And we're getting multiple calls every day and visits and knocks on the door of people who are facing those exact same kinds of situations. And also pray for all the homeless, all the addicted, depressed, and all with disabilities of every kind. So we have a very long prayer list today, and I hope that um, we can bring those before the Lord. Tamara and Trish, uh, miss these sidekicks, and you know them. Uh, they both either have had or now have the same thing that's affecting everybody else. So they're very sick at this time, too. Okay, I think I mentioned all that I planned to, and uh, we just want to lift every one of you in prayer. We thank you for, um, if you're wearing a mask, we thank you for doing that. If you're not, we thank you for being here, and just be mindful, and we have plenty of room to socially distance today, so let's just try to take care of each other as best we can. So we're going to pray now, and uh, you know how I like to pray, right? The Lord's Prayer because it covers everything that could possibly touch any of our lives. We also have a special event that I will pray about coming up on Saturday, February 11th at the Prospect Center. That's adjacent to Mayfair Church, and it's a Super Self Saturday, a free event for women, and it's titled Love. And I'm going to leave this right up here, and we have some copies of that for any of the ladies who would like that. And also, we still have our cardboard and our uh, markers here. We're extending our time just a little bit to give you an opportunity to write something 
on your cardboard for a testimony, okay? And we'd like to invite all of you to do that. And we're glad to have Officer Estep with us today. So let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to try to do an opening song today. And uh, I know there are folks listening to us on FM 92.1. And that is a, within a, about a two-mile radius of Shades of Grace. And uh, if you're listening by that today, we thank you for tuning in and joining with us as well uh, in live time. So David's going to help us as we sing this old song, Where Could I Go But To The Lord. <laughs> singing today. We appreciate you joining in that old, old hymn of the faith. And so our band is not with us, and uh, we do want to remember to continue to pray for Mark, our drummer. He's still at Mountain Home VA Hospital. He's been there since September, but we're looking forward to his soon return. And uh, remember all those who are usually here. So David, uh, no pressure at all, but we're here to just worship the Lord, and will you thank the Lord as he shares some music with us today? Upon his face 
promised land What a day, a glorious day that will be I could, 
I just couldn't make it all along When I'm hungry, he feeds me When I'm thirsty, he's my water I couldn't make it without Jesus What would I do? nervous because uh, Landon is so good up here and I just, he just got the right place this is his place and it's uh, hard to fill in for somebody else that is so talented and so gifted and he knows he knows uh, he knows how much I admire his music and his talent he's excellent this is most of the things I, I'm so much older than him so most everything I sing is old and uh, uh, I apologize for that, but when you get older, your, your mind don't hardly grab the, the new stuff. So, But we're doing our best, and uh, I love being here, and I love the ministry of, of Shades of Grace. It is absolutely blown my mind, the, the, the ministry here and how it is so needed. That's what the church is for. It's what this is doing, you know. I just, I just admire Brother Will and Brother Jimmy and, and the staff. I'm in awe of her, 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 her talent of sign language. This is an old song that I grew up listening to called, I'm a Prisoner of Love. When I came I settled it all, I gave him my life to control. Neither fear nor persuasion could draw me to Christ, but his love has captured my soul. I'm a prisoner of love, a slave to the master. I willingly told the heat and the cold. I seek no reward in this world below. 
pearly gates unflowed. When I came to Jesus, I settled it all. I gave him my life to control. Neither fear nor persuasion could draw me to Christ. His love has captured my soul. I'm a prisoner of love, a slave to the master. I willingly toil through the heat and the cold. I seek no reward in this world below, but a payday will come, oh yes, when the pearly gates unfold. He holds me secure with his love strong and true, I'm happy his servant to be. Neither fear nor persuasion could take it away. His love has holding me close. I'm a prisoner of love, a slave to the master. I willingly toil through the heat and the cold. I seek no reward in this world below, but payday will come, oh yes, when the pearly gates unfold. And I'm really glad to see you all today. It's good to be in worship, isn't it? It really is. Scripture says this is the day that the Lord has made. Every day is God's day, whether it's on Sunday or Saturday or Tuesday. We come together in the name of Christ and worship the Lord, and that's what it's all about. And the Bible says that God inhabits praise. So we just want to do everything in praise and honor to the risen Christ. Today we're going to be doing a lesson from, again, from the Gospel of Matthew about the Beatitudes. And I want to read those first, and they're on the screen, and you can read along with me. And then we're going to just talk together a little bit. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for they also persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this is a part of a sermon that Jesus preached. It's one of the longest sermons you will find. It covers three entire chapters of the Gospel of Matthew, and um, it's the Sermon on the Mount. It also includes the Lord's Prayer, 
and these Beatitudes. So you, we can take any portion of Jesus' great sermon and build our own message around it because he addressed so many, many situations that you and I deal with on a daily basis, things that we live by every day. So the past couple of weeks, we have been in what we call in the church calendar, the season of Epiphany. It's that season between Christmas and Lent. It's the time of preparation between Christmas and getting ready for Easter, which are the two main um, tenets of faith in the, in the Christian theology, that is the birth of Jesus Christ and the death and resurrection of Jesus. So during this season, we lead up to Ash Wednesday, which this year will be uh, held on Ash Wednesday at, uh, is it six o'clock, Jimmy, or seven o'clock? Seven o'clock, six o'clock, I'm sorry. I have to look at Jimmy. Uh, six o'clock, we will be doing a special Ash Wednesday service this year. For the last couple of years, we had uh, one, one uh, year we had a drive-by uh, ash service with people just driving up and walking up during the early days of the pandemic. And then several of the times we just had people walk in and receive the ashes and the prayers. This year, the Lord willing, we're going to meet together at 6 o'clock on Ash Wednesday, and we'll be able to have a short service, a prayer, and have the ashes placed upon our forehead. And we'll be talking about what that means and how it all fits in to the scriptures and, um, and the season of repentance. So we began a couple of weeks ago looking at the life and baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River. Can you tell me, if we were on the Will and Jimmy show, who baptized Jesus in the Jordan River? John the Baptist. Do you know that John was the cousin of Jesus? Did you know that? And uh, he received that title, John the Baptist, because he baptized so many people in that day. And so um, we've been trying ever since that Sunday or Saturday to talk about what it means to be a disciple and to follow Jesus. Do you remember what I talked about last week? Anybody remember that from last Saturday? Or those of you listening to this and watching this on Sunday, do you remember what we talked about? Huh? Following Jesus, okay? We learned about following Jesus, and we talked about the rabbis, remember that? And we talked about those first five books of the Old Testament, uh, the Torah or the Pentateuch um, that Moses brought down from the mountain, remember that? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Okay, some have called that the hand of God, those five books. And then we learn through the life of Jesus and his ministry, he said, I did not come to destroy any of that, but I came to make it fulfilled. I became the fulfillment of it in the fact that Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. Okay, he fulfilled all of those earthly roles representing law of the Old Testament. And there's a verse in the Bible that ta talks about mercy and grace, kissing each other. Have you ever read that? Mercy and grace have come together. And we're finding out how the, the law and grace are coming together in the person of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament is talking a lot about God who is often unseen and sometimes feared in a way that people uh, should not be afraid of God. We should have an awesome respect for God. But in the Old Testament, he often was looked upon as a distant God who was not approachable. But in the New Testament, we see him as Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, who says, Come to me. Come unto me, every one of you who are tired who are weary. Does that fit anybody's description here today? Do you ever get tired and weary and worn out and you just feel like, Lord, help me make it one more day? 
And yet Jesus says, when you're feeling that way, come to me, for my yoke is easy. And I told you last week that the yoke is actually the message of grace. It's God's unconditional love that is extended to all people. Aren't you glad that God doesn't have favorites? God doesn't have people that he thinks more highly of than others. Uh, the old songwriter says, the ground is even at the foot of the cross. And we talked about that last week. So grace became an act of God that had often been left out during the Old Testament times. And the rabbis became those persons who expanded and expounded the truth. And we talked about the rabbis and how they became through the levels of education. And so Jesus qualified as a teacher or a rabbi from Nazareth. Do you know that in order to lead, we must be willing to follow, right? We have to be willing to follow. And so um, that, I'm, that's leading us up to the fact that Jesus was a teacher. He was a rabbi. And a lot of the people said, but he's just from Nazareth. He's from a little place in the country. It's not known for anything special. And that's why they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And yet we know that everything good and holy came from that place because Jesus is the Lamb of God, as John declared as he came to the River Jordan, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Beatitudes, then, are a set of teachings and blessings that Jesus gave in this long sermon of um, Matthew, Matthew's Gospel. Uh, do you remember when we read that blessed, blessed are you, blessed are you? Do you know what the word blessed means? It means happy. So anytime you see the word blessed, or I say blessed, it's probably better pronounced blessed. But think of that same word as equating with happiness. A lot of people in the world today looking for happiness, looking to be happy, as we say looking so often in all the wrong places for happiness, and sometimes in the wrong faces as well. So the purpose of the Beatitudes, or as the little lady said, the beauty tides, is to inspire Christians to live according to the traits that Jesus describes here in this passage today. Some of these acts are simple, some are much more complex, but they all form the cornerstone of the ideal Christian lifestyle. So I would say then that to live out the Beatitudes to the best of one's ability means that it is an essential, it is necessary, it is not an option, right? So we may not master these in perfection. We're seeking perfection. We're striving to be more perfect. We're seeking to be more like Jesus. And so I'll be the first to admit as we go through these today, uh, many times I fall short. How about you? I do fall short. And I will be the first to admit that every time that I stand in a place like this to share with a congregation is to first of all say, <clears throat> excuse me, as Paul said to the early Christians, follow me only as I follow Christ, right? So that indicates to me that there were days even when the apostle Paul probably didn't follow very closely to Jesus. You can, you can actually take that uh, you know, in your own way of looking at it. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so um, let's all seek to be living out the meaning of the Beatitudes. Okay, so in Matthew chapter 5, we have read those today. Now, to properly understand what we've just read on the screen, and I'm going to talk on those just a little bit more, we must understand the context as to when the lessons were being taught in real life. 
The Sermon on the Mount is five, six, and seven chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. It takes place shortly after Jesus had been baptized in the Jordan River. He had already returned now from his 40 days in the wilderness. Remember that? And we'll be talking about that more during Lent. We'll go into detail with all of that. But he had already fasted and overcome Satan in those three major temptations that are listed there. And he contemplated his future as a teacher, as a rabbi, as the Lamb of God. Now, Jesus knew something that I don't know or that you don't know because he knew for this purpose he had come into the world to seek and to save the lost. And in his omniscient plan, understood that his ministry would only last about three and a half years. He was about 30 when he was baptized. He was about 33 and a half years old when he was crucified on a Roman cross. So his ministry was short, but it was a ministry that impacted the world for time and eternity. And so Jesus was thinking about how to pack so much living into such a short time. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I forgot to bring a bottle of water up here today. Can somebody bring me a bottle of water? Thank you, sir. That always helps. Notwithstanding the fact that I keep a cough drop in my mouth all the time when I'm talking. And I told you all the story about the preacher that uh, he knew when the, when the cough drop dissolved. Did I tell you that story? That it was time to quit preaching. It was The cough drop lasted just long enough for the sermon. And one day he preached and he preached and he preached and people started falling out of sleep and leaving. And he finally realized that he put a button in his mouth that had fallen off of his jacket. And the last I heard, he's still preaching. And I'm still drinking. Are you all glad you came to church today? I am. I'm glad to be here. So Jesus is thinking about how am I going to do all of this. He already knew. But yesterday we did a, a funeral service here for a precious family, a 38-year-old mother of two teenage girls. And uh, a very difficult time, but it was mentioned that life is not so much about the number of years, but the quality of time that we have, how, how we pack life into the years that God gives us. And so that's what Jesus is trying to get across here to the people. Don't spend your time, don't spend your valuable years being unhappy or being miserable, right? Spend your days making the best of them. And so these um, beatitudes, these blessings, these ways to be happy have been quoted for the last over 2,000 years by Christians just like you and me. People from the first century, second century, on down even until today, people are still memorizing and quoting the scriptures. And they're those things that help us to remember. They're very realistic kinds of topics and stories that he talks about. He gives us images that kind of stay with us from the Sermon on the Mount. And so uh, after he finished the sermon, the scripture says in Matthew chapter 8 that he came down from that mountain or that hill where he'd been preached and great multitudes followed him. And so um, we're going to look at the Beatitudes here today. So let's talk about uh, the first one. What is the first one? Can anybody remember what the first one was on the screen up there? Where did I hear that? Blessed are the poor in spirit, okay? What is the promise for those who are poor in spirit? Theirs shall be what? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit then to me 
represents those persons who are humble and who recognize that all their blessings come from God. It means to be spiritually uh, empty so that we can become filled with God. Okay? Um, is your cup full? Is it half empty? Somebody said, well, my cup is only uh, half full. But the important thing is to remember that the cup is always refillable, no matter how small or how big. You can have just as much of the Spirit of God in your life as you desire. So to be poor in spirit recognizes that we have our own shortcomings. We do sin, but God is the one who makes up the difference for us. When someone is poor in spirit, it means that maybe sometimes their soul is making more room for the fullness of God, for the fullness of God's spirit, full and overflowing. And with that comes the gift of humility. I told someone, don't ever set yourself or anybody up so high as to try to exalt that person or to worship that person because eventually that person is going to fall. Have you ever heard the old cliche that if you see a turtle sitting on a fence post, you know that he didn't get up there by himself? You ever heard that? And it's the same way with us. When, when we set ourselves up more highly than we should, then we're eventually going to fall off. And when you're down low already, if you're sitting low and you fall, it's not going to hurt too bad, right? But if you're way up here saying, look at me, look at all, look how great I am, then there's a verse in the Bible that says, look how the mighty have fallen. And so sometimes we become like Humpty Dumpty. How many of you remember that story? What happened to old Humpty? He got on the wall and he couldn't get down again except one way. And that wasn't the right way, was it? And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put him back together again. And sometimes we may feel that way as Christians. We may feel life like life has become disorganized and shattered and that we just feel like that things aren't going the way they should go. That's when we need to say, and I bet you could play this one, fill my cup, Lord. Sing just one verse of that there. I'm going to pull a landing on him now. Uh, let's see how he does. Because so far, uh, we haven't been able to get much on landing. Just do one verse of that for us. Lift your cup up. Lift your spiritual cup up when he sings it. Jimmy's going to make you sound real good, so don't worry about it. Right, Jimmy? Like the woman at the well I was seeking For things I could not satisfy But then I heard my Savior speaking Draw from my cup that never shall run dry. Sing it now with me. Fill my, my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven. To be poor in spirit means we can lift our cup up to God and have our cup filled to overflowing. Have you ever heard that old song uh, years ago that said, I've been so blessed, 
that my cup is overflowing and I'm drinking out of the sauce or something like that. Y'all ever heard that one? And it brought back some memories to me. I used to see my grandpa and I was just a little guy then, but he used to always drink the coffee so hot and it always have, it, have the cup sitting in that little um, uh, saucer, yeah. And the, I saw my granddaddy do something that I'd never seen anybody else do, but he would always take a, a biscuit that my grandma would make and put it right in the middle of the coffee cup. Anybody ever done that? Have you ever seen that done? Adam, you done that? Oh, you haven't done it. Oh, you've seen it done. Okay, well, I guess that makes a new um, recipe for um, coffee cake. I don't know. Anyway, but how many times is our cup so spiritually filled that when we put the bread of life, which is Jesus, in the middle of it, everything just spills out and runs over, and everybody gets the blessings. And it's like he was singing earlier, Lord, I'd be satisfied just to get some crumbs from your table because when you think about that table at the supper, the great eternal marriage supper of the Lamb, you think about all that's on there, I'd say even the uh, leftovers would be pretty good, don't you? Even the scraps from the table. Okay. Uh, what about, what's the next beatitude that, that, that we read about today? You remember? Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mourning comes with humility. And the revelation that the earth and its blessings are finite, but God's grace and God's mercy is infinite. It's eternal. The kingdom of God is without end. When people mourn for their own sins, for the sins of the world, for the sins of the nation, for the sins of our own community, and the suffering of others, we recognize that mourning then is a temporary earthly ailment and eternal comfort shall come from God. We do our part. We can mourn today and after, you know, a certain period of time, life goes on and we kind of get adjusted to what we call a new, you've heard the phrase new normal. And Pastor Michelle isn't here today, but she coined the phrase to me, a new reality, because really, after we go through any kind of a life-changing trauma or something like that that changes everything we know about life, it's not normal again. And we can call it the new normal, but it's actually the new reality. And we just have to embrace that and realize that Jesus is eternal. He is the living word, God with us. Okay, so... During the season of Lent coming up, starting with Ash Wednesday, we'll be talking about repentance and mourning and grieving over our sins. Okay, the next promise is, Blessed or happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. To, me, to be meek, though, does not mean to be weak. To be meek does not mean to be weak. You know, sometimes I'm up here and I, I always try to watch the service on Sunday or sometime thereafter or at least listen to it because every week I realize when I'm watching it that I get words reversed or I might say the wrong word and then I say, boy, that wasn't what I meant to say. So um, let me say it again. To be meek does not equate with being weak. Once again, the meek are the humble ones. The meek are obedient and submissive to the will of God. And that's what God calls us to be, right? To follow him. We shall inherit the earth. Someday, did you know that everything will be made new? There will be new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth nothing but righteousness. And as the prophet tried to describe it, he said, nothing in all God's holy mountain shall ever hurt or destroy anymore. 
I'll be so happy when that time comes, won't you? When there'll be no more of this sinfulness and sadness and hatred and all the stuff that goes on in our world to separate and divide the family of God. I'll be so thankful to know that all of the former things have passed away. Praise God. That, that'd make us uh, want to keep on keeping on, right? As the old songwriter said, we've got too much to gain to lose now. We've already come too far up the mountain to fall off now, right? I mean, let's just keep on climbing. There's an old song, I don't know how theologically sound it is, but it says, we're coming up the rough side of the mountain, Lord, and trying to make it on. We've all heard that. It's been sung here. But we just got to make it in. Whatever it takes, Lord, let me be willing to be some more, some, ooh, re, see, I do it. To be submissive, um, to um, be remorseful for sins and failures, and trust the Lord. Okay, what about those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? How, <clears throat> how many of you got thirsty a while ago when David was singing that song and you saw me take a drink? Huh? Oh, you did? Y'all notice how my hand shakes? Do y'all notice that? I, I'm very aware of that. <clears throat> Some days I'm just as cool as a cucumber. And other days, Jimmy can tell you, I can sit down and it, it, I'm not shaking because I'm standing up here and that I'm nervous. It's not that at all. It's just I have this tremble and the doctor calls it a, what do you call it? A tick? Well, he didn't call it a tick. I didn't know I had ticks. <laughs> uh, okay, let's say it could be, he called it a essential tremor. Does that make sense to you all? But he said, just go ahead and shake as long as you can because the medicine you take for it will be worse than the shaking. So I just try to sing, there'll be a whole lot of shaking going on, right? Right, Ralph, you liked that, didn't you? <laughs> Ralph's listening to me. He, he's grinning at me. Okay. Uh, so uh, even when there's a whole lot of shaking going on, everything's good. It's, it's going to be good. But um, I talked about getting thirsty, and I picked up the bottle, and then I talked about shaking. So are we all together on that? Okay. Uh, I told Dr. Smitty I'm going to be a doctor in my next life because I'm practicing, practicing my handwriting. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness rather than worldly pleasures will ultimately be the most satisfied people, right? Somebody said one time, if I can get this right, I heard this many, many years ago, that Christians ought to be the most satisfied of the dissatisfied. Because we don't want to get adjusted to this world we're only passing through. We're only here for a time. So we don't want to get too tied down, do we? We want to lighten the load a little bit and get rid of all the stuff that holds us back. And as the Bible says, lay aside all the weights and the sins that easily beset us so that we can run with patience the race that's God, that God has for us, okay? Okay, what is the next one? Blessed or happy are the merciful. How many of you know that mercy should be one of the greatest attributes of a, a Christian? We need that. And I've often said that sadly, I've seen this happen throughout the churches that I've been a part of all of my life, is that we're often willing to give people in the world a teaspoonful of mercy. You know, just give them a little spoonful. But when I need mercy, all of a sudden, I want people to give me a gallon. Anybody relate to that? Sadly, that's not how it works. As we give, it shall be given back to us. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. And it's the same with mercy. God's mercies are new every morning. And Jesus said... If you are mercy, if, if you show mercy, then God will show mercy to you, right? 
So that should be a very easy one. Mercy is mentioned many times in the scriptures, not only in Matthew, but even all the way back into the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament. Okay, so mercy is so very important, and his mercies are new every morning. So don't worry about giving out all of your mercy today. Give everything you can give, because tomorrow the cup will be refilled, right? Okay, what about the pure in heart? Are you pure in heart? Some days I feel that I may be more pure in heart than others. Anybody relate to that? Come on, we can be honest, right? Sometimes I, have you ever, anybody ever watch Andy Griffith? Have you watched him until you can memorize everything that's on there? Well, one of my favorite things, I love, um, who is the barber? Uh, Floyd. And when Floyd, uh, you know, sends the letter to the lady and she comes driving up and he's looking in the mirror and he says, Floyd, you, you, you know, and he's just really talking about what a nasty, low-down, evil person he is, you know. It, that is so funny when I see that. And um, somehow I think of him when I think about because sometimes I look in the mirror and I probably have to confess similar thoughts. Anybody else? Anybody? Has that happened to you? Or when you look in the mirror, do you just see, you know, a bright and shining star? Sometimes my mirror is fogged up, right? Boy, I'll tell you, this is um, a little, are you following me today? Do you appreciate Miss D? All right. I don't know how she does it. And I can't prove to you that she's saying what I'm saying, okay? So I trust her totally. <laughs> All right. And we've not had any bad letters lately or anything, so I guess we're doing okay. Okay. Thank you, Miss D. Okay. The pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How many of you really want to see Jesus more than anything else? It will be worth it all, won't it? when we see Jesus. And then blessed are the peacemakers. Did you know in order to have peace, sometimes you have to chase for it? Did you know that? To make peace, you know, um, the, the Bible talks about pursuing peace. Pursuing, you, you think about the old cowboys uh, movies where the the People are chasing after the bad guys, you know, and that's a pursuit, okay? So sometimes you got to kind of chase after peace. It doesn't always come easy. But if we'll stay close to Jesus, who is our peace and who is the Prince of Peace, it'll come a whole lot more easy, right? It'll, it'll be more of a natural way of life to be a peacemaker. And Jesus said... There's really no excuse for us not to understand how to find this peace because Jesus said, I leave with you and my peace I give to you. It's a peace that the world cannot give. And then he winds it up by saying, blessed are those who are persecuted. And there are so many in our world today who are persecuted. And we talk about Shades of Grace International, our ministry in Nigeria that we're now in our third year of sponsoring. It started all during the pandemic. But how that in that country, uh, not too long after we began the ministry, some um, mercenaries, some militants came in in the middle of the night with machetes and weapons and beheaded and killed almost 500 people. A number of them were Methodist pastors and their families and they while they were sleeping and a big part of our ministry there is helping take care of some of the orphans who have some limbs missing they have some have hands missing or leg missing or one man had his ear gone and uh, his skull was uh, split with a machete but he survived and so part of our ministry 
that you all support when you give a donation to Shades of Grace. You know, we give our tithe. Uh, we don't, whatever comes to us, we give tithe, and a portion of that goes to the ministry in Nigeria to take care of the least lost and last of these in our world. And so there's a lot of people persecuted in the world because of the name of Jesus Christ. But it will be worth it all someday. Stay true to Jesus. Stay true to the Beatitudes that he preached and hold them close to your heart. And you'll be a happy person. It doesn't mean that every day will be filled with elation and perfection, but it does mean that there will be a deep, settled peace that you can't find anywhere else in the world, right? You can't find it anywhere else except in Jesus Christ our Lord. So God bless you. Thank you for bearing with me this day. I thought this one was going to be a little bit easier to do, but sometimes it's not quite as easy as we think, is it, Miss D? All she does is like, all I see is this. It's like, <laughs> we trust you, Miss D. All right. God bless you. Thank you again for being present with us today. And we hope that you will pray for us all here and pray for the ministry that goes on here all week long in the name of Jesus Christ. And if we can help you in any way, do not hesitate to call us, okay? So, David, have you got something to kind of send us out on today? This is the day. This is the Sing it. day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad So that's a good one to go your way. And if you see Officer Estep out there and you get a blue light special, when he comes up to your door, say, this is the day. This is, and he might sing it with you, right? Okay. Huh? <laughs> God bless all of you. Go in peace in the name of Jesus.